Welcome to another episode of the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast with your hosts, David and Zinger. In this episode, we reboot Hellboy, get animated with Deadpool, catch up with Copperhead, and guard the galaxy again. Stay tuned for all this and more! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast. I am David Luzader, and normally joining me would be Nick Shermooksness, but he uh, is, for all I know, dead in a ditch. So I've moved on with my life, and I recommend that all of you do, too. Uh, but in his stead, we have a guest host this week, and I want to welcome Zanger to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Hello, everyone. Glad to be here, actually. Great. Well, why don't you go ahead uh, and just kind of let people know what you're all about, who you are. Um, I've been a big fan of comics, uh, video games, TV, everything like that for years. Um, I have my own podcast that I do with my other half, Ellie, and that is called the Zing This Podcast. And we discuss uh, comics, movies, video games, and everything in between. So I figured it would be a great opportunity to come on here and talk some comics. Great. Uh, what game are you playing right now, if you don't mind me asking? What game am I playing right now? Um, Doom, actually, oh, for nice. the Xbox One. Nice, yeah. I built a PC end of last year, and that was like the first game I got was Doom. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's... It, it, it is, and it's one of those games that kind of punishes you for playing it. It's like, oh, you want to play this game? Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Die and a few times. Yeah, there, there are just parts where I'm like, it's one in the morning, and, like, I've died 26 times, but I'm not going to stop until I've killed everything. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you on that. Yeah, no, it's... And, and then, like, I'm playing the... Have you ever played The Witness? The Witness? Yeah. No, I have not. It's uh, it's this game where you're on an island, uh, and you're walking around, and there's all these puzzles, like, all these screens that have, like, all these different puzzles and mazes on them, and you, like, you solve them, and they each have, like, these different rules, like... There's this area kind of in like a in the woods, and you have to uh, on the on like the grid on the screen. You have to like follow the parts that are in the shade, or like if the screen's a different color, you have to like avoid the shade. So it's like it's very different to go from like kill everything, high energy doom, to like I have to use my brain. That sounds like um, mist from years ago. Like yeah, something it's to, very I... mist like. Okay, I, I was about to say you were describing that, and I'm like that sounds very mist like. So. Interesting. Yeah. I've never played Mist. I, I I know of it. I have not. It's been years, so I can't really speak too much on it aside from oh, that seems like that game. Yeah. That's about it. Where that ends. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I all I know from Mist from some people is like it's one of those games where you walk up to like a lever and you pull it and well that didn't seem to do anything so I guess I'm just gonna move on. Find another lever. Yeah. Find yeah. Find something else to pull. Ah. Uh, well. Thank you so much again for being here, and uh, my pleasure. We are now going to go ahead and get started with the news. Our top story today: <laughs> After a disappointing summer, Humpty Dumpty has a great fall. All right, the top story for this week, and I'm sure a lot of people have already heard about this, is that Hellboy will be returning to the silver screen, but this time without Guillermo del Toro or. 
Uh, Ron Perlman forgot his name there for a moment. Uh, instead, Millennium Pictures is in negotiations right now uh, to get Larry Gordon and Lloyd Levin to um, produce the new film, uh, which will possibly star David Harbour, the uh the sheriff from stranger things for those who have seen that if you have not seen it go out and watch stranger things right now that's better use of your time uh but hellboy coming back to the big screen have you are you a fan of those movies i i am but wasn't he up also for the role of cable at one point too or something that was a rumor yeah that's something that i heard yeah. about today he would have been a good cable yeah, I, I think so too. I'm sorry. It's just that they kind of clicked in my head. I'm like, I'm like, he was up for another comic role. What was? It? I'm like, I think it was Cable. As for Hellboy, I actually, I, I, I loved the original two movies, and I never picked up the comics or anything. Never had okay. that much interest. I was like, I always liked the movies. Recently, I have picked up the comics, and I'm kind of excited now for a reboot. Yeah. Not saying that there's anything bad with the previous ones. I'm just saying maybe a fresh look and. This is supposed to also carry an R rating, right? too, from what I've heard. Yep. So that's definitely interesting because I would like to see a little bit more. I, I, I don't want everything to go towards that, that R rating in comics, but there are some comics that definitely would do better to have an R rating. And I think Hellboy might be able to dive a little bit deeper into a lot of the story and some stuff that can happen with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and for people who haven't read Hellboy and that are familiar with the the movies, actually Mike Magnolia, uh, the creator of Hellboy, is not a big fan of the movies. Uh, and they are very, very different. Um, Hellboy in the movies is very like quippy. Uh, like there's a lot of one-liners. It's an action film where like mm-hmm. in the in the comic, like he's much more serious, much more stoic. And, like, the humor of Hellboy is kind of the absurdity of everything that's going on and not necessarily, like, the jokes that they're all making. Uh, So it would be really interesting to see that on screen. And, like, yeah, Hellboy books are, like, they're not PG-13. They're bloody. They're they're really violent. They're vulgar at times. They're full of nudity. Uh, I think what we've gotten with like Ron Perlman and Guillermo del Toro has, have been some really fun movies. Uh, but I'd be really curious to see what a more literal translation of Mike Mignola's vision on screen would be. I, I, I just, my only hesitation is I think Ron Perlman became such an iconic mm-hmm. version of that character. That's going to be hard for people to detach from that, especially since he still, I think would be able to do that role. So that's well, the, He's almost or there 70. might be an issue. He's, Do what? He's almost 70. Really? I thought he yeah. was a little bit younger than that. No, no. Or never, never mind. He just always looks old. Yeah, exactly. He's looked old since like the mid 90s. Uh, yeah. And it seems like he hasn't changed. But no, I mean, the, the you know, I love the dude. But yeah, he's he's getting up there in age. And he's even said, because uh, there were talks a year or two ago of like, well, we're, we might do a Hellboy 3. Like, let's get everybody really excited for this. But like, since then, he's kind of said like you know i i'm old i can't really move the way i used to the prosthetics are kind of painful which uh makes sense yeah um i think though that david harbour has like could totally fit that look if you get all that red makeup on him mm-hmm. i i i'm like i said I'm, I'm looking forward to this especially since i'm picked up some of the comics and read them i think there's a lot of material there from at least the little bit i've read yeah. to definitely pull from. I mean, the the movies that have already existed, I've, I've already seen like 
a few panels where I'm like, oh my gosh, that they, they took this and put it right in the movie. So I can just see more of that being done. Mm-hmm. And even if they did go away from that and try to do their own story, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited to see Hellboy on screen again, especially with an R rating. Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing, too. People were getting really upset by the word reboot. It's like, oh, great, we're just going to rehash the stories that have already been told. Uh, but really, from the Hellboy comics, it was just one story has been told, an adaptation of one story. This is one of those characters where every second of his life has been like mapped out. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many things they could do there. I mean, they could do the whole Hellboy goes to hell. They could do Hellboy's time with like the weird Mexican wrestler monsters. <laughs> like there's there's so much to choose from that I think seeing the word reboot shouldn't freak people out. It shouldn't like oh we're just gonna see the um, the Rasputin storyline again. It's like no, there's so much more they can do. And yeah, definitely an original story would be really interesting. Um, I was trying to remember. That I think there was a little bit more maybe on like what the the name and and none of this. Oh right, right. Uh, which has the working title of Hellboy: Rise of the Blood Queen, uh, with a script by Andrew Cosby, uh, Christopher Golden, and Mike Mignola. Uh, but of course, none of this is official, uh, despite the fact that Magnola posted this all on Facebook. Um, it's all still in talks right now. Uh, we'll see if anything... Com- I think it will. I think this is something that we're going to see uh, come to light. I'm it- definitely right right there with you. I'm, I'm hoping that we can see a little bit more than just talks, because there's so many projects that are quote-unquote in talks that... That's been years, so hopefully this one might speed up a little bit. Yeah, I actually heard a while ago that sometimes a movie company will buy up the rights to a property and then not do anything with it, but they just like just so they can have the rights to it. You mean like Spider-Man or the Fantastic Four, like how that <laughs> whole thing works? They just make movies so they can keep the rights. No, um, I can't remember what property. It was like some video game property where they like bought up the rights. Uh. But man, fan- Halo or Gears would probably be the probably. one you're thinking of. Uh, yeah, I don't think you could do a Halo or Gears movie, man. Like video game movies, the, I just the, they can't be. The done. time has passed, I think, for both of those. Honestly. Yeah. Well, part of the hard thing too is video games are so interactive, and you're it's hard to replicate that feeling in a movie. I can definitely agree with you. I mean, as much as I love video games, the record for video game movies, for the most part, speaks for itself. I I honestly... Sorry, video game movies. I've tried to think of a good... Like, can you think of a good video game movie just off the top of your head? Um, hold on. Um, I keep on thinking of Doom because I just was talking about that's not good. (laughs) Except for the part where it's in first person. I will give it that moment. Yeah, there are some really great moments. And then everything else was just blah. Um, Tomb Raider, maybe, but due to the way that they rebooted Tomb Raider, which they are working on a movie. Yeah, with Alicia Vikander. Yeah, I kind of want to say maybe that's the closest you can get, but... Yeah, mm. the the Angelina Jolie movies aren't terrible, but they're not great. You know, I I, I got one, I got one. Even though I think it's cheating, Final Fantasy Advent Children. (laughs) I, I, I think that's cheating, but... Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll let it slide. Um, oh man, Advent Children. I haven't watched that in so long with Sephiroth's weird emo children. Yes, I, I just that. Oh my gosh, that movie was so cool to watch. But like I said, I was just watching like an extended cutscene. So yeah, that's why I was oh. like, that's kind of cheating, but mm. definitely was. But I'm glad that we finally got those graphics in a game with 15. Yes, oh, 15, such a beautiful. Yes, definitely. Looking, such a good looking game. Oh, 
Well, also going on in the uh, the comic book world, well, if you enjoy Deadpool, you're going to get some more of him because Donald Glover, that's right, Donald Glover of Community and Atlanta is bringing Deadpool to TV in animated format uh, on FXX. So this is coming with uh, to a series co-created by Donald Glover and his brother, Stephen Glover, uh, 10 episodes are expected to premiere in 2018. That is a long ways away. It it, do, it does definitely, I mean, even though we're almost halfway through this year, it does seem like a long way away because it's probably on the tail end of that year. Yeah. Too. So I, I'm, I'm excited for, for an animated Deadpool. I think that would be a lot of fun. Not to, not to downplay anything that the live action of Ryan Reynolds has done, but anime animation gives you a little bit more freedom, I think, at times for... For some of the over-the-top, especially the fourth wall stuff. No, absolutely. Uh, I've only seen a couple of episodes or some clips here and there of the Ultimate Spider-Man TV show. Uh, but they've done some stuff, a couple episodes with, with Deadpool. And they were really fun episodes. I mean, they were very tame, toned down. You know, Yes, this is a, very, a very show. tame. <laughs> um, but it was, it was fun because in that animated format, like you said, they can do a lot more with the fourth wall breaking and being... Uh, a little, a little more goofy and unrealistic, uh, which like, a- as fun and as good as Hollywood has gotten with like special effects, there's still some stuff that's outside the realm of possibility for us to buy. Like I, I couldn't see him like jumping between a panel in the live act. I can, I can see him doing it, but I don't think it would have the same effect as like an animated thing would, where he like has to get from one place to another, and instead of getting in a car, he just jumps from one panel to the next. Mm-hmm. to get there because i can totally see deadpool utilizing that yeah yeah you can be just like super and also just like super jokey in, in an animated format that where yes like it's super like a goofy i should say you can be really goofy yeah. where i really enjoy the deadpool film i still think it falls into some third act pitfalls of being a little too stereotypical superhero uh but I th- yeah, you can you can just be really off the wall, but only ten episodes. Like this is such an early announcement for ten episodes. Well, FX FXX. It doesn't surprise me when when you said the ten episodes, um, because a lot of their other series I feel have these very short runs on them. Um, Archer, uh, it's it's always sunny. It they they have very short seasons when it comes to like other shows that will put out like eighteen episodes possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ten episodes doesn't surprise me, and it's probably just they they just want proof of concept before they really sign on for anything bigger. Yeah, um, yeah, man, that latest Archer season, I was so disappointed. I got so excited. There were new episodes on Netflix, and it's like twelve episodes, and they were mm-hmm. it, was, it was a good season. I liked it, but it was just so short. Yeah, you, you just kind of oh sweet new season. Next thing you know, you're like, wait, I'm done. Yeah, exactly. Have you uh, have you caught Legion yet? Have you seen that? I watched the first episode of it. Yeah, you've seen more than I have still. And I, I, it was very high concept. Not saying I don't like that. It's just I went into it kind of knowing it was going to be that way. Mm-hmm. But it was it, it was very over the top. I think to, it was it was a very ambitious start for them. Let, let me just leave it that way. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. And then from everybody I've talked to about the ending or uh, other reviews I've heard, they say that they stick the landing. So even if it starts off, maybe it seems like they're going really high concept. Like it pays off, which is good to hear. Yeah. I mean, they yeah, ordered I, a second season. So 
I, I'd, I'd rather watch that. I feel like that show for me would be a better one that I could sit down and watch back to back to back episodes, like when it's yeah. available in like a season format for me. Yeah, yeah, it'll probably be on uh, wherever. I think Amazon Prime is where those shows end up. Fingers crossed. I still need to get Amazon Prime slash him. Oh man, <laughs> stealing Nick's. So it's not. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> he gave me the password. It's fine. <laughs> Don't suspend his account, Amazon. I need that two day shipping. Yes, that's that's the best part of it. I forget that they even have the video sometimes because that's the handiest part, in my opinion. Yep. Well, another podcast I'm on, um, Geek Cinema Society on the on the Blazing Caribou Network. Uh, mm-hmm. We like I typically rent my movies through Amazon, and I like sometimes I'll find out after I rent it because I rent it like through my account, and then like I'll find out later like oh it was streaming for free, and I just could have used this. The oh, it's so frustrating. That actually happened to me when I was actually on uh, Geek Cinema Society for V for Vendetta. Um, I actually got the movie. Uh, ordered it, ordered the comic as well, and then it came on Netflix. I think like the ne- the day after I got it, oh, that's... and it opened it as like something I could have just watched on Netflix. But I don't mind it owning the movie, so I mean, Man. wasn't the most negative thing in the world. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I uh, I had to pay to watch Demolition Man again, though so that was disappointing. <laughs> oh, speaking of disappointing, and this is a really unfortunate segue. Uh, comic book sales took a plunge this last April. Uh, we occasionally talk about some numbers here on the show, uh, but sales were down all across the board. Um, versus April of last year, comic sales were down about 11%, graphic novels down 17%, total uh, down was 13%, which is, uh, you know, for an industry that is kind of flailing in a lot of ways 13 percent is a big drop uh from last year that is a pretty substantial drop sorry i was just looking at some of the numbers here no no it's fine there yeah this this is an interesting um article and i'll I'll post this in the show notes for people who want to check this out just kind of seeing you can kind of see like the market share uh which i think that's always interesting because marvel obviously has been on top for a long time but Mm dc is closing that gap and it's always getting a little smaller. I, I feel like I'm going to bring out a soapbox for what I'm about to say, and I don't want to get too um, over the top with this. No, go for it. Because I, I got my own podcast to do that on. But it, <laughs> do, do you think people are just done with um, with event fatigue? Maybe everyone oh, just has event man. fatigue? We talk about this a lot. Yes, people are definitely we, – people definitely do have event fatigue. It's they're, they're done with it. It's – yeah. I mean, I, I'm i not trying to rag on Marvel too much with this, but Marvel, I think, is the worst culprit for it at times. Um, they just seem like they lurch from one event to the no- another, and it doesn't really ever seem like any of the comics get to really do anything during that time except for kind of get their story back on track, and then they have to be part of this huge company-wide crossover, oh, no, which ab- totally messes yeah. up their characters and their, everything they're trying to develop with them, I think. Yeah, yeah, and you occasionally have some really great stuff, like uh, like the Vision was really good, mm-hmm. uh, but that kind of escaped some of the event stuff where it's hard, I, I feel like, for writers, was like, all right, you can come on, you can tell a story for, like, eight issues, but then this, like, big event, is going to happen, and so it's got to cross in with stuff. It's going to cross over these other books. Um, and then, like, 
you know, after that, we're going to soft reboot. We're going to do a new number one. So whatever story you were telling, you got to create either a really clear jumping on point or you've got to scrap it and and start, you know, at a, at a fresh place for the character. And yeah, it's it's really been frustrating. And I think some stuff from Marvel has kind of, you know, they're, they're not going to be doing any big events for 18 months after Secret Empire. Like they, I think they're starting to see that that hasn't been, it, it paid off for a while. It really mm-hmm. did. But I think it's it's starting to uh, just get to the point where people are, are done with, yeah, like like you said, the stories constantly starting and stopping, uh, the constant changeover of characters uh, where, you know, people are like, well, you know, this this isn't my, uh, and this is another thing that we've talked in the past, like, you know, this isn't my Captain America. I don't want to read this Captain America. I want to read my Captain America. And yeah, people comic book fans are finicky they're going to drop off for a number of reasons well a, a great example of that and i mean i'm 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 not, I, I know that they they have another event coming up that for spider-man i know where they're answering like a five-year-old cliffhanger with um As peter it, parker trying to figure out who miles morales is yeah the spider-man crossover yes so so, so that's interesting that they're picking up on that but but just something like um, if I pick up a Spider-Man comic and I open it up and I'm reading about some kid named Miles Morales, I'm like, wait a second, where's Peter Parker? It's kind of weird for longtime comics fans to get behind them changing the changing of guards sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't mind um, female Thor and everything. I, I don't mind that at all. But I mean, I know when I, I some of my favorite Thor stories are, you know, the Odin son ones, the, the ones with him at the helm and everything. I don't mind her doing it because I think that they've done a very interesting story with him not having his hammer, mm-hmm. but it's just some people might, might not enjoy that. I mean, another great example is the Hulk. Yeah. Um, everyone, you know, Bruce Banner's the Hulk, Bruce Banner's, you know, the rage monster. Now you got some kid there instead. That's like, Oh, I'm totally awesome. And I'm the Hulk. People might not get behind that. And I think that might be a falling off point of their, like you're kind of taking away our iconic character. It's it's that everyone wants change, but once it happens, they're like, no, 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 put it back, put it back, put it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a definitely a difficult line to walk, and in some ways they have been successful, other ways they haven't. And you know, for people who enjoy Thor being Thor Odin's son, well, he's got a movie coming out soon, so I'm pretty sure that'll get rectified by the time that happens, and he'll have yeah. the hammer in hand week or two after that film is out. Or leading up to it too to possibly push more sales. I mean, who yeah. who knows what's going to happen? I I like, like I said, Jane Foster as Thor. I think her days are numbered. I think they've done a lot of amazing stuff with her though. So so don't think me me ragging on Thor is me saying it's negative. It's just well, and they gave themselves yeah. that out with what I mean. She has cancer, right? You know. Yes, and every time she uses she goes into the Thor form. It takes away any chemo she has, if I remember correct. Like it basically resets her back to zero. So right, right. she's so basically not never healing technically from it. They gave themselves a hard out of where as soon as they, as, as soon as they're ready to have her not be Thor anymore, be like, oh, uh, the cancer is is gotten to be too much. She's dead. Get him out. She's, she's dead now. Um, another thing, just to just to kind of sidetrack real quick. Go um, for it. Scott Snyder's run. On Batman, um, yes. Jeff Johns run on Green Lantern. Those had their own events within the runs, mm-hmm. and really did not let themselves be affected by you know the big company wide crossover events or caused company wide crossover events like Green Lantern having Blackest Night and stuff like that. And those are amazing runs, and it's great to read them. 
it would just stink like if like that was being done, you know, more recently or something like that to where I was reading through it. And all of a sudden I have to go, you know, I'm reading the graphic novel or I'm having to buy extra issues to get involved to, to a storyline that has no impact on the greater story they're telling. Yeah, yeah. I think so DC... that's, that's the other problem, I think, with all these crossover events. Mm-hmm. DC's pretty good at that. If they, they will keep things like there was some frustration with some of the, the Batman stuff where it's like, well, I'm missing parts of the story cause I didn't go pick up Nightwing, but, yeah. but you know, I didn't have to worry about, you know, I still got the main story. I felt like, and as you said, with, with blackest night, that was a huge event that it had really big impact on the DC universe. But while it was happening, they didn't stop the other books from running. Like you could pick up, they, they, they ran their own yeah. little, you could pick issues. up you could pick up Blackest Night uh you know um Hawkman you could pick up Blackest Night Aquaman find out what was going on in that part of the story mm-hmm. or you could just go pick up Aquaman you didn't have to worry about what was going on in Blackest Night if you just wanted to not think about that at all plus i think with DC going towards this whole button situation and getting the Watchmen involved i find that interesting i want to see where it goes because yeah. it's kind of I, I i sometimes like like to see where like where a event ends instead of trying to get involved with it during, because it can just sputter out or it can end terribly and leave me sitting there going, so you, this, this was the build-up to this? Yeah, yeah. No, they've been, I think they've been playing that pretty well so far. The The build-up's been slow, but it's still really intriguing. Uh, I'll be curious to see. We're getting close to something with it. But yeah. We'll see. Yes. All right, and our last story, uh, sort of, for the night, um, I just think this is a really kind of funny statement. Uh, the headline of this article is Marvel movies and TV will cross over eventually. The actual statement from Kevin Feige, Feige, Feige. Yeah, I've never been sure. Uh, so the, Close enough. Yeah, what he says is, the future's a long time. So the truth is, I don't really know, but there are a lot of TV shows being made and hopefully we'll continue to make a lot of movies. At some point, there's going to be a crossover. Crossover, repetition, or something. Uh, so that statement does not say to me that, yeah, we have plans for a crossover. It's like, if we do this long enough, it's bound to happen. I, uh, I'm i assuming they might be hinting at something maybe having to do with the Netflix series or possibly the new Inhumans uh, TV show that's coming out. Yeah, the Inhumans would be, I would think, the biggest one, because that was supposed to be a movie property. Yes, and it then became a TV show, then it became a movie again, then it became... It, that, that, that flip-flops so many times, I'm glad that we have some solid ground to stand on with it. Mm-hmm. As for the TV shows crossing with the movies, I understand why it doesn't happen that often, because you can't pay big-name actors, but... At the same time, you can't expect people to follow all of these stories at the same time for yeah. for years and everything, and expect to know, oh, Coulson's back, but he 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 has this robotic arm, and uh, yeah, and, yeah. He, and 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 he has an eye patch now too. Wait, why is it? Why why is all this going on? Oh, yeah. you need to watch seasons one through seven of this. You right. also then need to tune to the crossover event they had with. It's just it's one of those things. I understand where it's coming from because comics play out the same way you you kind of have to pick up certain issues from one thing to understand why something happens in another but at the same time i do like how for events and stuff like that for some stuff you don't have to read everything to know what's going on as long as you're focusing on the main thing yeah and and go ahead sorry i'd I'd love to see like jessica jones and you know everyone from the defenders you know fighting alongside during infinity wars it just wouldn't make sense if that if, if that 
it, it just would be weird to have them make that jump into into that because they don't fight on that high of a level. Yeah. Not downplaying them, but they 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 don't deal with cosmic though, threats. They, they 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 deal with that guy over there that stole your wallet. Yeah, though nobody reaching out to Luke Cage is kind of confusing to me because Luke yeah, Cage is impenetrable yeah. and super strong. Like that guy could be on the Avengers. Yeah, easily. I mean, a lot of them are in the comics, everything they switch around, but I understand the TV show, you still need some powerhouses around. Yeah. But yeah. it is strange that they no one's come to him, or maybe that's how it ends. Yeah, Who may, knows? Maybe. And I've, I've talked about this before, where part of the reason why it's so difficult for the TV shows and movies to cross over is because... Um, because TV shows are written about, like, a, a few months ahead you know, while episode one is airing of a new season, they're writing and filming, you know, they're, they're filming episode six and writing episode eight. Like it's kind of a continual process with TV shows with movies. They plan those out years ahead. Mm -hmm. Uh, and like you can plan, you know, you can plan movies a little bit, but you don't know actors, what they're going to want to do, you know, since it's being written. So on the fly, like character moments and character beats could change. So it's it's hard to be like, well, why don't we like write that this character goes off and does this in this movie because like that movie's been written for months, uh, for years at this point, and like they're they're you know th the future of Captain America has been plotted out far beyond even like what anybody working on the TV show has thought about for Daisy. It's it's just like it's not super. It's it's possible, but it's super difficult, and you have to bring like seven different worlds together. Uh, in order to make it happen. And really, I, I, I enjoy what Marvel's doing, uh, but I do fear that they... It is going to get spread a little thin at some point. Like, I hate that they refer to the attack on New York as the incident. It's... And this has nothing to do with them crossing over at this point. I just really hate that name. Uh, and like, there's stuff like going on in New York that feels like kind of still like Avenger events, like all the stuff with the hand that's going on there. Like it, it makes, it feels like it would make sense that like Spider-Man would be around for that if he's in New York or like, you know, Iron Man who's based out of New York might catch rumblings of something going on. Or no one's trying to knock over, steal anything from Stark. Like, I mean, yeah. It, yeah. Except for except for if it's in a movie, then go after Stark. But if it's some right. you know big criminal organization, don't touch him. Right. It's also like how I think it's ridiculous that before now, the some of the Netflix stuff hasn't crossed over aside from like a side character pops up or Claire pops up in them. Mm -hmm. uh, like the fact that nobody mentions Daredevil in the entirety of of uh, Iron Fist makes zero sense to me. But neither here nor there. Uh, so keep watching all this Marvel stuff, guys, and eventually it'll uh, it'll run into each other. I guess is what we've learned from this. Eventually, eventually. probably, yeah. maybe, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, now we're gonna go ahead and dive into some reviews. To the Batmobile. Let's go. All right. So starting off the reviews this week, uh, it's actually pretty funny because. Uh, what I'm reviewing, you haven't read yet, so I, I don't want to spoil what happens in this book. And what you're reviewing, I haven't seen yet, so like you get you don't want to spoil too much going on there. So we, we'll be playing a game today. Yes. <laughs> Just tread lightly. It's fine. So I'm going to start us off this week talking about Copperhead. And we have talked about Copperhead on this show since Copperhead began 
oh man, two years ago. It's been a long time since that. Twenty fifteen. F- yeah, it's been I want to say, say it's twenty fifteen. Yeah, it's been a long time since that first issue came out. Uh, and for those who don't remember or don't know, Copperhead is a a space western essentially you have this woman named clara who moves to this town of copperhead and becomes the sheriff uh and she's you know dealing with the various criminal elements of copperhead which there are many Uh, and she's also dealing with the prejudices of the people in power in the town uh because you know she's an outsider taking this seat of power and she's not really corruptible uh as it were and in this new storyline that started in number 11, uh, we see that somebody has killed the mayor. Actually, this, this storyline technically ended at, started at the end of 10, but picked up at the beginning of 11. Somebody killed the mayor of town, uh, and Clara's trying to find out who it is. Meanwhile, she's butting heads with, I can never remember the old guy's name, uh, who like owns a Hickory. lot. Hickory, yeah. So she's butting heads with this with this guy Hickory, who has plans for the town of Copperhead, uh, and she has some issues with uh, Boo, who is her deputy, uh, who doesn't seem to really appreciate her coming in from the outside and taking a job he feels is rightfully his. Uh, this issue is one that it doesn't stand alone very well, but it works really great as part of the bigger story. Uh, it's definitely we're in the meat of this thing now. We're can we're deepening the mystery. Um, and it, it's yeah, it, it's just kind of hard to say. Like I, I can't say this is a bad issue by by any means, but it also feels like I you know I read the last three of these together and it worked really well. Um, all as this like one cohesive piece, which is a really I think really good storytelling there that um i can read these three issues and have it all weave together really well uh but that also means like this feels like it's part of a bigger narrative and the individual issues while really good in that sense uh maybe don't stand as well on their own so it's like it's not a dig on it it feels kind of like i'm digging at it uh but it's totally not um you know, it is it is a lot of investigation work into the mystery uh, on the part of Clara, and I would say it doesn't really do much uh, to deepen maybe some of the subplots that have been introduced. You know, we, we're still not sure what Boo's loyalties are, uh, even though I feel like he's working with Hickory to make Hickory think that he's working with him, and they have some secret back plan that, like, Clara and Boo are... are this is all part of something from the very beginning. Uh... There was another section I was going to talk about that I'm trying to, you know, kind of flip through this book real quick to remember. Um, it's not coming to me. Oh, I did want to talk about the art uh, where this book used to be drawn by Scott Godaleski. It is now being uh, drawn by Drew Moss. And Drew Moss is doing an excellent job. I don't want to say that he's not. Uh, he picked up this book uh, from, you know, everybody was praising Godaleski's art. Uh, and he came in, and he's really holding his own. Uh, I think there maybe were times at the beginning of this run where it felt he was trying to emulate a little bit more of, of Godaleski's style, uh, but I feel at this point he's getting more comfortable with bringing his own uh, bent to it. Uh, we get introduced to a couple new aliens that I think fit really great into this world. Um, it's really, really strong art, and 
you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm happy that Copperhead is back. Um, I don't want to go like too long on this because otherwise I'll just start getting to like each individual little scene, which, you know, isn't necessarily fun to do. Uh, I do think that, well, hmm, how to best talk about this part. Uh, I, I, I'm curious how this whole plot line with, there's another twist. Yeah. Yeah. There's another twist at the end of this. Um, I do know that much. Right. Uh, which that also like, while it's an interesting little twist is also very predictable. Uh, it's a, it's a story beat that if you've, you know, read like whodunit mysteries before, uh, it, 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 it's very, it, it's, I guess that's very typical. It's a little cliche. It's not necessarily a bad twist. Um, but I wouldn't say they're not bringing anything new to this genre with this issue is what yeah. it comes down to. Uh, yeah, um, just real quick, a few things, if you don't mind me jumping in on this. No, I, right I've, I, I, I love Copperhead. I actually was introduced to it, got the graphic novel, and I think I read the first graphic novel in one sitting and then was on my phone on Amazon like while I was reading the last page, ordering the next one. Hmm. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and actually on my podcast, we've actually spoken to both the co-creators, Jay and Scott. Mm-hmm. Um Scott will be coming back to do the artwork. He is doing the covers right now, but I do agree that Drew Moss is doing an amazing job and kind of doing his own thing at times while, while still keeping it familiar enough that you're not like opening this book and going, wait, what happened? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love the characters and everything that they've, that they've created in here and everything feels very, um, it feels very everything feels very lived in in this store in the yes. stories and everything in the comics. So that's that it's great. It's one of those things to where you could probably write issues on any of the like individual people that have been introduced. Like like they they feel that lived in as characters. So I just think it's interesting where this is heading, and I will be reading this mm-hmm. as soon as we're done with this. I just yeah. didn't get a chance to because I was busy doing something else before we recorded which I'll get to momentarily. No, it's all it's funny that you use the phrase lived in because that is the exact phrase that we used uh in talking about some of the early issues of this where this world feels really lived in. Like there was a street scene uh where Claire is just kind of looking out onto one of the streets of Copperhead and you know the background is just it's filled with with the various races doing, you know, some talking, some just walking, some having like transactions and it all felt very natural. And like, these people had been there forever. Uh, like this is a town that is well established. And, you know, these, these people are living their lives. Like the hallways aren't empty. They're filled with people that are like, you know, going somewhere with a purpose. Yes. It's, 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 yeah, it, it's very ex. The, the world of this book is very excellently put together. Mm-hmm. I I can't wait to see where where it continues to go and everything with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, talking to both of the 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 creators of it was a was a pleasure, and like, like I said, they they just had so much to talk about with it. So I don't want to spoil anything more too much. I mean, I don't have any spoilers like on upcoming stuff, but I don't want to not tell you to go check out, you know, our interviews with them on my channel, which, which like I said, it's definitely really fun to listen to with both Scott and Jay. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah. Well, I think that's pretty much all I've got to say on Copperhead, but why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about guardians of the galaxy volume two. 
All right, so I'm 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 a big fan of the first one. It, it was something to where I don't want to get too much into this because we will be talking about this on my podcast on Monday. But I'll I'll, I'll give I'll give some stuff now. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy for me was something where it was introduced, and I mean I I, I kind of like to think I'm I'm very knowledgeable in comics most of the time, but when I was when I heard that they were doing this, I'm like, wait, who? <laughs> Like it was seriously one of those things that I I kind of had to scratch my head for a little bit because the only people I knew from it really like even vaguely well were like I'm like oh there's a talking tree that says I am Groot and there's a raccoon that also talks and shoots stuff so the fact that the first movie I think just came out of left field and just did such an amazing job they definitely in my opinion continue that that um that the momentum they have into this one. It um I, I truly feel like this movie is a movie for comic fans. I, I'm not mm. saying like if you're not a fan of comics, you're not gonna enjoy it. I'm just saying if you're a fan of comics, this is kind of one that you can go into and get a lot more of enjoyment out of it. Cause I just feel like you don't have to take everything so seriously during it. Hmm. And that's that's what I think works very well personally for me when I was watching it. Was I, I just kind of was sitting back laughing most of the time where, you know, watching other stuff they have to put humor in to you know break up the tension and this there's there's a good bit of humor you know woven through the story and everything um the character development is really well done it's it's got a great you know story arc for all the characters in my opinion and definitely grows them in very unique ways i don't want to get into that because i feel like if i start talking about that too much i might spoil some stuff but they they, they, they do a good job of expanding that galactic universe that exists that we have not seen a thing of outside of you know what i mean thor kind of i I think we're going to see a little bit more in in uh thor ragnarok of what goes on in space but i I think that they have a good grasp on what that 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 world outside of the earth looks like and acts like so Mm -hmm. i i like i said i i loved it um I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of stuff to say that's not spoiling anything or hinting too much for you. No, no, no. It's yeah. It's it's fine. Uh, or I, or I, for anyone listening to who hasn't seen it yet. Yeah. Um. I know there are a lot of mixed opinions. I will say that there is some. The 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 end gets emotional at at, at a point, but I think it's it's it, it's a natural build to it, and it and it definitely does a good job with the characters that have to be involved in that situation on how they build those characters up in it. Um, as for I, I don't think this is a spoiler, but Kurt Russell's character being a living planet, the way that's done is very interesting, that's and also heard, yeah. there's a twist in there that's that's I think they 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 do a good job with it. So. For, for me watching that, I, I enjoyed that because I was like, I wonder how they're going to do this. And the way they did it, I was like, okay, cool, cool. They they they, they, they did adjust this. So like, like I said, if, if you like the first one, it would definitely be a great movie to follow up with. It, it, it continues that, that trend. And it also doesn't have the issue that some of the other Marvel movies have had where the other Marvel movies have to progress a bigger story. Mm-hmm. This has stuff that progresses it, but it's not really like knocking you over the head or having to depart from the main story for five minutes to do that. Yeah, yeah. I remember when they announced that there wasn't going to – like Thanos was not going to show up anywhere in this movie. And I, I'm not going to say yes or no okay. per se, but um, it, it doesn't have like, like the issue that I think um, Civil War had where Civil War I think could have been a much more – 
I, I'm not saying Civil War is bad. I'm just saying that they're. I think they could have done a better job with it if they didn't have to progress certain. They certain pieces had to be put in certain places, and I think Civil War suffered from having to make those pieces be put there. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I think I get yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. This does not have that issue, in my opinion. In now, now that's the thing. Who knows when a few more movies come out? They could have been setting up stuff that we were just were completely unaware of. Yeah, I, I I can see that too. So uh-huh. great. Well, I you know, oh, if you want to go ahead and uh, and plug your your show, where you're going to do a more in depth discussion. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, thank thank you. On our show on Monday, um, me and Ellie will be getting into both movies. We'll be discussing just the Guardians, um, the galaxy as a whole, um, through both movies. Just kind of the phenomenon that that we think it is, because it is definitely, in my opinion, one of the top Marvel movies for me at the moment. The, the first one is I'll, I'll, I'll divulge the second one's information on mine mm-hmm. and um, just kind of discussing this one. And we will get into spoilers on that and kind of discuss, you know, where this could have been heading. And there is a certain thing I've been teasing at that there is an ending thing that has confirmed something that many of us have thought for years. Oh, so the oh, confirmation of that. About. I know what you're talking about now. I know that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the confirmation of that was, was, was a huge like. Yes, for me. So, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and next week on this show, when Nick is back, I'm sure he and I will probably have a discussion on the movie itself because I will have seen it by then, and probably filled with many more spoilers. So be sure to check back in on that. Uh, now, normally when we kind of get to this point, we have a little bit more time. We typically dive into some sort of discussion. Uh, and what I wanted to do tonight with you, since you are such a big fan of Copperhead, uh, is we just take a little bit of time and uh, we like, this is something we've done before. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, basically we take a, a comic or like an, an indie comic that's going on and then we cast the movie. Oh, we, we talk wow. About... Um... <laughs> so yeah, we'll, oh, we'll go, man, we'll I'm go through at doing this too. <laughs> Well, it's all right. We'll go through a few of the characters and just kind of bat around some people we think might be good in that role. Uh, I, you know, first starting off uh, would be Clara Bronson, the main character. Tough. All chick. right. So we got to get somebody who is gritty. Definitely a gritty. Some a female character that I mean, a female actress that's gritty. Mm-hmm. That also you can buy as a mother as well, which is which is a very unique um, characteristic of that, that the thing, and definitely something that drew me in when I started reading it. Yeah, my, hmm. my brain goes to Amy Adams, but I don't know if she has like the uh, like the like that edge to her that Clara kind of has, where, you know, Clara kind of feels like she's going to explode any moment in someone's yeah. face and punch them, where I, just, I don't see that Amy Adams could have that feel to her. And yes, I know actors act, but... You know, this is a this is a fantasy thing. It is. Uh, sorry, I'm just trying to. I'm making sure I'm about to get this actress's name right, and I don't want to blurt it out without looking it up real quick. I'm, uh, I'm cheating. <laughs> no, it's fine. The last time we did this, there was a lot of keyboard clacking as I was trying to Google people to get their names. Uh, I'm not finding it quick enough. Um, what else have they been in? I if 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 I can grab a time machine. Okay. Maybe I, I I know that, that sounds really negative to say it that way, but um, uh, Phoenix, the um, the actress that played Phoenix. Oh, Famke Jansen. The X-Men, uh, Jean Jean Grey in the X Men movies. Yeah, uh, Famke Jansen. 
There we go. I, I was like, I just got to it, and I was like, how do I pronounce that again? <laughs> Maybe her when she was a little bit younger. Yeah. Possibly. Because she is a little bit older now, which I'm not trying to be mean with that. I'm just saying. Well, Hollywood will be mean for you. Don't worry about that. Yeah, that's that, that kind of popped in my head. I, th- I think you. I think Amy Adams, though, that's an interesting pick. Yeah. I, I, just, I, I, just, I just can't see her being mean. Then, then again, maybe this would be a great chance for her, too. Right to, off like to, that. to show off something. I do. I really like that Famke Jansen casting. I do agree. She is, uh, she is early fifties, which, um, like the like. I'm not sure how old Claire is supposed to be, but you know Hollywood probably would not have a great time casting uh, her I've in a role like that. But thought of Claire as mid thirties, maybe yeah. forty, like low forties max. But hey, like so- max. Since this, you know, we're the ones casting this movie, I'm fine putting Famke Jansen in that role. It's fine. Yes. Make her make her kid 16, and it works. So no one has to question it. There you go. They they just just age them up a little bit. Uh-huh. Now uh, the next one is Boo. Obviously, Boo would probably be a CGI motion capture guy. So this is more like the voice of it. All right, I'm gonna play a fun game with you real quick before we get into okay. this. Okay. Uh, this is something I actually. We had this question for Jay when he was um, on. Oh, really? We had this question for him, and then we followed it up with Scott asking him, how do you pronounce Bo's actual name? Uh, I would have to see it written out. Um, I've definitely tried to pronounce it before, and I can't remember. Because uh, I actually might have an answer for you on that. Okay, all right. So let me see if I can find uh, find his name written out real quick. Um, and I'm not going to be able to uh, shoot. I'm looking if it's in the most recent issue or not. It's it's not. They haven't said it for a while. Uh, I don't know. Oh, they're all in these long boxes. I'm like, I could try to go dig up an issue real quick, but those are long, long gone. Um. You know, if you if you have it, uh, go go right ahead because I'm not going to be able to look it up, and I don't want to. Boudroxafinicus. Boudroxafinicus. Okay. Is apparently how it was pronounced to us by Jay, and that was confirmed by Scott. Though Scott said he cheated and listened to our interview with Jay to get Jay's pronunciation. Okay, I'm not to look it up again uh, to see how the spelling is, but I do not think that's how we were pronouncing it. But at it was one of those all. things that they kind of just said that the name is sort of a joke, so. Right, it's supposed to be like an unpronounceable word sort of yes. thing. Yes, yes. Uh, all right. Now, That's as for him, so someone who's going to do the motion capture and the voice? Uh, I don't, well, possibly, because my brain immediately for voice goes to Ron Perlman. But if it's someone who's going to do both, then maybe somebody a bit younger. I'm trying to think of somebody who's going to have like a distinct sort of really gruff voice. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, are you? are we going for deep or gruff? Because hmm, I'm 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 not I'm not thinking deep. Like I I don't want somebody who's gonna have that deep voice. But I'd rather have somebody with that like sounds like they're eating gravel sort of. Yeah. Like who do you think? Um. Hmm. Trying to think of a good. I, I, you 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 said Ron Perlman, and now that's sort of stuck in my head. It's just that, oh. that's what I hear. I mean, it's a big furry alien. You know, he stands like he towers over people. He's obviously supposed to be really strong. Oh, man. It can't be Dwayne the Rock Johnson. The voice wouldn't fit. But now I kind of wanted to see him. Yeah, I, I, I was about to say, now, now you've got that in my head. 
now you've got that in my head. Um, I'm just trying to think of a few voice actors off the top of my head right now too that could just at least do the voice. Um, I know, yeah, this is this is great. This is great podcasting where uh, yeah, you have it, two oh, guys man, sitting there you trying just to hit me from my field. Um, oh man. I, I, I kind of want to say Ron Perlman, though, because like I said, that's just he's got that right gravelness to his voice. I'm just trying to think of somebody else. Yeah, I yeah. As far as yeah. The, oh the oh, Ooh. Michael Chiklis. Oh, interesting. I would not have considered Michael Chiklis. I, I just I don't know why that popped in my head. I was like I was like Mike, Mike, Michael Chiklis might be good. I don't know maybe because he played a cop. It just <laughs> popped yeah. into my head. I'm not I'm not against that now that you said that. I. Oh, you know, and this is an actor. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Michael Chiklis. I like that. But if he had not passed away, I think Michael Clark Duncan also could have been a really good. He would have had that deep voice of it. Yeah, though. yeah, that's true. He wouldn't have that that real gravelly. But then, then, then again, I mean, I, I I read it as a gravelly voice. I'm I can see somebody reading it as a deep voice too. It's just kind of I guess it's up to interpretation there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next, I, I've only got a couple more here, uh, but Mr. Hickory, the old sort of Colonel Sanders-esque character uh, um, who has nefarious oh, wait, plans. The, uh, Duke Boys. Dukes of Hazzard. Uh, Boss Hogg? Yeah, I was, I was about to say, I I thought Boss Hogg when I first when I first read it. No, that's that's not bad. As, as 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 like the the archetype, I was like, oh, it's basically Boss Hog. Yeah, yeah. So who would fit that role today? Who would fit as a hmm? Because you would have to go. Th- this one would be would not be CG, so it would be an actual person that would have to fit it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you take this one first. Uh, okay, so I'm looking up. I want to. Uh, I'm thinking of the wrong Murray. Dang it. It's one of Bill Murray's brothers, uh, and it's driving me crazy that I can't think of his name right now. So we'll see if I can I can dig it up through the Mad Men cast list quick enough. Uh, Joel, John Murray, Joel, Joel, Joel Murray. Murray, Joel Murray. You know what? I think the picture they popped up was perfect for me. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, he's he's kind of got that this sort of unassuming quality to him, but like he also, everything I've seen him in, like I could totally see him being a guy that I'm like, you've got something going on in your brain right now. And I don't trust it. I can see that too. Do you have any other thoughts or are we going to go with? No, I know. I, I, I think you, you, you got a good one there on that one. I, I don't think I can do anything to top that. All right. Well, Just cause when, when I saw him, I'm like, I, I can see the hat. Yep, exactly. He fits. He has that. He has the I, aesthetic. I can see the it. white suit. Uh, and the last character uh, that I have down here is Ishmael, one of the artificial humans that kind of develops a relationship with Clara and her family. Uh, now, assumingly, all the artificial humans look the same, so this would kind of be an actor that would, share, you know, they would kind of base all the looks off them on. But you know, since Ishmael is kind of a little bit more of a main character. You know what? I got somebody. I just need to look up his name real quick. That's fine. Go right ahead. This might be because I've been talking about a certain series a lot recently. Um, 
Samuel Whitmer. Oh, oh, interesting. I, I was about to say, if, if you know who that is just off a name, that's impressive. Uh, too, so, yeah, yep. I guess I, I should explain <laughs> who that is. Um, as for like, I guess on screen roles, not many, not, not nothing gigantic. But if you've ever played the game Star Wars Force Unleashed, mm-hmm. he is Galen Merrick. He is straight up Starkiller. Like they just for the character design, they just went with him. Yeah, and I was also a, a fan of the television show Being Human, of which he is a main he, character. He was yes, there, there, there's a, and he was also Doomsday too yep. on Smallville. No, so. he wow, I had not even considered him. That is that's perfect. I just can see that working. I, I can see him being a very robotic character, very, very um, easily, and I can see like that kind of soldier archetype being something that he would not be have too many issues with doing very easily. No, that is a that is a great pick. I could not have. I can't think of anybody else that I would rather have in that role at this point. Uh, so like I said, maybe it's all the Star Wars content we've been doing <laughs> recently because it was on my mind, but. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, that is who we would cast in those four roles. We want to hear who you would cast. You can always send us an email at heckyeahcomics at gmail.com. And now to wrap things up, we're going to get into our review, or not reviews, recommendations. You boys aren't nerds, are you? All right. Uh, I don't know if you have one prepared. I'll go ahead and go first and then... Uh, and with recommendations, it can be a comic book. Uh, since we've been doing this for a while, we've kind of gotten to the point where we just kind of make it recommendations on on movies, TV shows, kind of just anything that we've been. Uh, I actually spending time with. have two okay, things, great. and they're graphic novels. And great, yeah. Uh, well, mine is not a comic book related thing this week, uh, but it is an album that I can't get out of my head. And if you don't know, the Gorillas are back with their newest album, Humans. That's Humans with a Z, just like Gorillas is spelled with a Z. And uh, it is it is a fantastic album. I didn't really love Plastic Beach too much. Um, I was a really big fan of like Demon Days uh, and the self-titled album that came out. Uh, this is a little bit more on the plastic beach side, but whatever they've got going on here really, really works for me. If you haven't checked it out yet, uh, you absolutely should. It the weather's here been weird. The weather here has been weird, so I've been like walking around with my dog with my headphones in, my hoodie up, listening to this album, and like I, I know I'm just walking my dog, but I feel really cool while I'm doing it. So it's a great soundtrack to have, kind of as a. a a soundtrack to your life as you're going about. It'll make everything you're doing feel infinitely cooler. So check out uh, Gorillaz, uh Humans, featuring such great artists as uh, as Vince Staples, Vince Staples, Del La Soul, uh, Grace Jones. There's just so many people on here that make this album great. And what do you have? Well, I have... T- t- Tell you what, I got three for you. Okay. If, if, if you don't mind, I'm going to be nope. greedy. Hey. So my first one is what I actually um kind of re-picked up because I bought two volumes of this. And I, I, I normally buy a graphic novel for the most part because I, I like to see where an art goes before I definitely get it. But um, I went with – actually, I picked up Hellboy. Um, 
by Michael Yola, and it's actually Volume 2, which is Wake the Devil. And since the announcement of the Hellboy reboot, I picked this up, and I was like, well, better brush up on some Hellboy. As I said, I, did, I didn't want to start reading it, and this is where I'm going to start at. So that's my recommendation. If this has inspired you to also get into Hellboy, I would recommend starting at this point with the Volume 2, Wake the Devil. So that's my reading recommendation for comics-wise. Um, I guess if you want to do what I am actually doing on my show this month, because every month we pick out a read this or watch this thing, uh, we will be doing, and I'll, I'll, I'll reveal it on here, so I guess this, this will be the early drop of this, because we'll probably be discussing it Monday a little bit more, but here's the quick hint of everything. Um, we're going to be doing Scott Pilgrim, both the comic, oh. but mostly focusing on the movie with Carrie Sims. Oh, interesting. So that will be our read this slash watch this for this month. This month, and I'll be out at the end of the month. And I, I have a very interesting opinion on Scott Pilgrim. So I'll have to check that out. I, I so so definitely check that out. I, I kind of told I kind of dropped that her way. She she sounded excited. So I'll be definitely we'll we'll be discussing that soon with Ellie along in tow on my channel. Zingness. So that's my third recommendation. Check out my channel, Zingness. Yay. <laughs> yeah, people definitely should. They should check out the content over there. And I can't thank you again enough for being on this episode with us this week. Uh, that is going to do it for us. Uh, is there a URL people can go to, to to find all your content? Easiest way to do it is uh, www.zingthis, and that's Z-E-N-G this.com and that will redirect you to our soundcloud you can also find us on itunes uh we're on uh tuned in and google play as well and if you want to find us on twitter you can of course at zingness all one word and we normally tweet about a lot of the stuff we're up to so great so definitely check that out well you can also Find our stuff at the usual places of heckyeahcomics.com, and you can shoot us an email at heckyeahcomics at gmail.com. You can find me around the internet under the username DavLuz, that is D-A-V-L-U-Z, so Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. You can find Nick probably rotting in whatever hole he fell in, <laughs> and of course you can find us here next week, same heckyeah time, same heckyeah channel. Until then, goodbye. Worst episode ever.